0: luck, and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. I got to move that over a little bit there. There we go. That's better. He is Todd Erzin. That is Aaron McIntyre. Good afternoon, morning, gentlemen. Hello. And good afternoon, morning to all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at is how you can email the program. That's D E A C E. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you're looking for clips of the program, you can go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace or rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. And of course you can find us on the alternative social media platforms as well, where free speech is still celebrated and maintained places like Gab, MeWe and Parlor. Just look for Steve Dace there. And again, don't forget Parlor is the one place we, we share them in as many places as we Think we're permitted, but Parlor is the one place where you get all of our updated COVID analysis and data if you follow at Steve Dace on Parlor. You can also do me a favor and buy this thing. Whoops. Uh, I think you'd be doing yourself a favor as well. Uh, and if you've had a chance to read my most recent book, A Nefarious Carol, please leave it a five-star review at Amazon.com. If you've not gotten your copy yet, you can go there and get one today. It's the sequel to the 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which I was notified this morning. First draft for the script is imminent. And that's that's a big hill to climb. I mean, once you once you tackle the the overall draft, then particularly when you put all of our heads together, the tweaking process will go pretty fast. But getting the first, you know, the the the, the blueprint, the framework established. Uh, that that's that that's the the cornerstone right there. So if you want to read the sequel book, you can get it also at Premier Collectibles. If you want to bypass Amazon.com, and I can't blame you for that. It's just it's increasingly difficult. They own ninety percent. Okay, it's eighty three. My bad. Eighty three percent of the book market in America.
2: Start your own Amazon, yes, Steve.
1: Yes, um, but you can bypass them and get an autographed copy via our friends at premier collectibles uh, to get that information. It's pinned to the top of both my Twitter and Facebook feeds at Steve day show on Twitter, Steve Dace on Facebook. All right. Coming up on the show today, you know what funny? Let me just say this for a second. Cause I just mentioned amazon.com dropping a documentary during black history month of the only current black Supreme court justice. How is that not racist?
0: anybody I have nothing for
1: you and in and, and what context would that not be racist? Apparently this one, right but this is another reminder to exempt yourself from your big tech overlords as much as you can because you know the campaign of censorship I was at the gym this morning on one of the uh, on one of the ellipticals and they've got all the TVs there at the gym on all the networks. And, and you look up, and I'm trying to watch, uh, I think it's Sports Center while well, I'm listening to a podcast, and the TV next to it has MSNBC, and they are saying that the far right is obsessed with cancel culture while the Democrats are trying to provide COVID relief. That was the narrative that they were selling this morning. But, hey, cancel culture has become so prevalent now that they can't even lie and say it doesn't exist. They now have to say, they have to acknowledge it that it's going on now, uh, and, and they're out to cancel you as well. That's why you want to do business with companies like our friends over at ExpressVPN, because everything that you search for, watch, click online can be tracked by those big tech companies, and then they can match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. But when you switch on ExpressVPN with any of your devices, uh, that IP address is now masked through a secure VPN server, which makes it so much harder for these websites to identify you. It's easy to hook up. I've got ExpressVPN on my phone that's here uh, on the desk in the studio, on this computer as well. You can put it on up to five devices, takes five minutes per device to hook up. One click to protect all your devices, and that's why ExpressVPN was rated the number one VPN by both CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your data to the people that want to use it against you, go to expressvpn.com slash Steve. Express, V is in victory, expressvpn.com slash Steve and find out how you can get three extra months for free. Get three extra months for free when you sign up at expressvpn.com slash Steve. All right, coming up on the show today, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz is going to be joining us. And I I know what's going to really get him wound up and I'm going there when he comes on all right I mean first of all it's Daniel so you know he will be wound up but I will be throwing uh some kerosene on that fire when he joins us later today also we'll play our weekly game of buy seller hold but before we get to all of that here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by a gubernatorial goulash. We'll start in Texas, where Governor Greg Abbott on Texas Independence Day announced that not only are there to be no more restrictions on businesses because of the coronavirus, he also announced the statewide mask mandate is no longer in effect. Effective March 10th, Texas becomes the largest state without a mask mandate. California Governor Gavin Newsom tweets about the news from Texas, quote, absolutely reckless. In Mississippi, Governor Tate Reeves lifted his state's mask mandate and business capacity limitations, saying, The governor's office is getting out of the
3: business of telling people what they can and cannot do.
2: In New York, the state legislature has reportedly reached an agreement to strip Governor Andrew Cuomo of his emergency powers. It's one of the first moves against the governor by his fellow Democrats. In Pennsylvania, Governor Tom Wolf has expanded the maximum occupancy limit for indoor events to 15%, outdoor events to 20 percent. More notably, though, Wolf is also eliminating Pennsylvania's out of state travel restrictions, which have been some of the more stringent in the country. Since October, those flying into Pennsylvania were required to provide evidence of a negative covid test or place themselves into quarantine for two weeks after arriving in the state. In Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer is facing some inconvenient questions after it was revealed she paid the former state health department director Robert Gordon more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in taxpayer money after he resigned his post in January. According to the Detroit News, Gordon was paid the equivalent of nine months of salary and benefits, $155,506, in an agreement for releasing the state from, quote, any potential legal claims. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis gave his State of the State address yesterday and released this video short-form documentary of Floridians' experience, young and old, with coronavirus. I'm Ralph Lewis, third-generation co-owner, Okeechobee Steakhouse.
0: My name is Norma Romero. I'm 99 years old, on the way to 100
3: Hello,
2: my name is Juan Victor Gonzalez. I am 11 years old. My name is Nadia Winston and I'm principal here at Central Avenue Elementary School.
3: I'm Danielle Gonzalez. I am Christine Wainwright.
2: Peter Boware. My
3: name is Teresa Hodgden.
2: My name is Grant Thompson.
3: Antonia Fiordolino. Jennifer Matthew.
2: Hi, my name is Dr. Edward Scott II. I'm a dentist here at Mayhem Village Dental. My name is Julie Saban. I live in Boca Raton, Florida.
3: My name is Trey Wainwright, and I play football at Niceville High School. We stopped actually living as we know life. To see everything kind of crumbling, it was kind of tough. If
2: I had to lay off everyone, I did not want to be on the streets, wondering where the next meal was coming from. They had a lot of issues connecting. Kids are struggling academically and socially. They cried. They couldn't embrace their friends. It was heartbreaking. At 98, this is it. No family,
1: no anything she didn't have that will to live anymore my mother turned 98 on christmas day she lives in clifford chester sims nursing home allowing us to go in and interact with with
3: our parents and with our loved ones i think it saved her life
0: we thank the governor for that because uh, a lot of people don't fight for the seniors. I
3: do appreciate letting us parents decide what we want to do with our kids'
2: education. Having them return was just very, we were just excited um, because we had missed them so much. So we needed that interaction as much as they did. The
3: interaction with teachers, like if we have a question, they can be right there on, our, on their way to help us. So that that really boosted all, probably all of our grades up. I love physical school. It is way better than online. 100% better. If I didn't have football this year, I, I don't know what I'd be doing. But we actually get to have a full, somewhat regular season.
2: A lot of my friends that are in different states that are you know, 50-50 even, um, their kids are struggling so much, academically and socially. Thank God, though, we were able to make it through it. We had a governor that was bus- that is business friendly and understands how important commerce is to keep people working. It's been my whole life, 35 years. I know it's not much to big business, but for small business, it's everything. Back in
3: action. Hundred percent back in action. I was never so excited to be able to come in and put my vest and tie on.
0: It's wonderful to see people laughing and eating and living their life, and that's that's living my life. That's living.
2: We have had staff that have uh, that have we have hired over the past year that have moved here from other states. One I can think of moved here from California. She said it was they're devastated there, no work. Um, she was so thankful for a job and could not believe how different florida was in her own words it was like living in a different country
3: thank you for making the choices and trusting us that we are educated men and women that we do live in the greatest nation on the planet i knew
1: my government was fighting to to get it back open as soon as possible
3: we are
2: so blessed to you know do sports and go to school and have that opportunity safety first seniors first
0: Can i read the paper and
2: see what's going
0: on up north we can be thankful we're down
2: here. In other news, Joe Biden announced yesterday his administration expects to have enough vaccine supply for every American adult by the end of May. This comes after news that Johnson & Johnson are teaming up with their pharma rivals, Merck, in order to speed up production of their single-shot vaccine.
1: About three weeks ago, we were able to say that we'll have enough vaccine supply for adults by the end of July. As a consequence of the stepped-up process that I've ordered and just outlined, this country will have enough vaccine
2: supply, I'll say it again, for every adult in America by the end of May. Which is only good news if the vaccines work, and if the vaccines work, then a hell of a lot more places should be looking like Florida by June. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by one of our favorite friends, Built Bar, where you will never have a better tasting protein bar and you'll never eat a healthier candy bar because even though it's a protein bar, it tastes like one. It feels like one, has the texture of one, but when you turn over the label, you see up to 20 grams of protein in every bar, 5 grams or fewer carbs in every bar, 5 grams of sugar or fewer in every bar, 160 calories or less in every bar. You think it's too good to be true until you actually try them. I mean, the new chocolate chip cookie dough flavor I finally have, I've now got like five boxes of it at the house. I mean, they're just absolutely incredible, but all the flavors are well over 20 all covered in real chocolate right now. Get 20% off your order, whether it's the first time or the next time. If you use my last name, Dace D E A C E. When you go to BuiltBar.com, B U I L T builtbar.com promo code Dace hey take me up on this I got introduced to Built Bar because a podcast I listened to just regaled us with how great these things were and I bought a box out of spite just because they could not possibly be that good and they were and I was talking about them to friends and to Todd and Aaron before they were ever a partner on this show Okay. So you take me up on that challenge. You listen to this show, this podcast, you watch it on, on Blaze TV. Like they can't be that good. 20% off, call the bluff right now. BuiltBar.com, B U I L T, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE. To the to Aaron's montage, we go. And first of all, it, it's, it's as Greg Abbott as Greg Abbott gets. You can't get more on Greg Abbott brand than using Texas Independence Day. To finally remind everybody, oh yeah, we're we're Texas and not Vermont. A week from now,
2: I, I mean, I just okay, whatevs, man. Only, only more, da- only dangerous for another week.
1: Yes, I, I just okay, man, whatever, dude. Okay, but that that is as Greg Abbott as Greg Abbott gets. Nevertheless, he has been shamed enough, and it's no coincidence, by the way. You know, we were talking yesterday the Democrats have to get rid of Cuomo because they want to get rid of DeSantis. And DeSantis' number one punching bag to counterpunch when they come at him is who? Cuomo. He is a political liability loss leader every minute. Every minute he breathes as governor. You can just throw him up to deflect yourself against any of their COVID narratives whatsoever, any of their criticisms on the left. Well, it's not a coincidence that a week after... Texas apparently didn't understand, or at least its infrastructure running the state wasn't aware of how electricity worked. So, what do you think? What do you think that dude's internal polling was? No power, busted pipes, wear a mask. How do you think old uh, Abbott's internals uh, were looking for a couple weeks there? Sketchy. Just recently, I would say sketch. Yes, they were looking awfully sketch. So, listen, I know Texas Independence Day is the right reason to make this announcement a week from now. The real reason is, dude, could not take two kicks to the jimmy at the exact same time politically. All right, he had to give you all something. All right, (laughs) after whatever the hell that was, taking us back to horse and buggy days. All right, Um, the DeSantis video. Again, I just need to keep throwing this disclaimer out there. I don't know him. I have no personal stake here. But the level of political craftsmanship there, this guy doesn't just govern, but he understands that this requires that politics is a vocational skill. It's not just a belief system and voting the right way on issues. It's storytelling. Yes. It's crafting a narrative. I mean, that that video, if you're just listening to the podcast, I'm sure it was great, but it doesn't do it justice. You need to watch it. The cross-section of people that are represented there. That video, I mean, that's the kind of messaging. I, I just, I don't recall... A contemporary Republican mm-hmm. doing, and since I've been in this business, that's the stuff that you know Michael Deaver and Lynn Nofziger used to do when we were kids, like "Morning in America" with Reagan. It's that kind of stuff, and he's just a governor, man. But because he's the governor of Florida, he understands. I I don't. I'm not. You know, when I go to my state legislature, there's more than four Democrats there, like in Wyoming or Alabama. You know, I, he's already running a national campaign he has to he's in the most contentious polarized politically swing state in america he has to he's has to act from a a, a broad-based comprehensive national platform already otherwise a guy with his record is too conservative he won't survive he'll get destroyed he'll be a nazi in three seconds right yes the craftsmanship there and, it's, and and here's the other thing, too. It's not like, okay, I'm the nominee of the party now, and all this infrastructure comes around me and provides this for me. His team internally there in Florida is doing all this stuff, and they're doing it all on their own. And I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. Because someone needs to say it. So I'll say it. There is not a single good reason... Why you would run Donald Trump a third time. Just forget all the... Uh, forget everything. Just look at facts. And hey, I say this with a disclaimer. Ron DeSantis may lose his reelect next year and the whole conversation here is moved, right? But barring that happening, there is really not a single good reason why you run Donald Trump for a third time. Whom the other side already has a game plan to discredit, which he will often play into... That already has been perpetually cemented and branded with certain aspects of your coalition that should be voting for you as a do not like. Why you would run him a third time at 80 years old. He'll be 79 at the next Republican convention. Why you would run him at almost 80 years old when you have a guy who's younger. Actually does the stuff Trump just tweets and talks about. And he's not doing it in some podunk state. And I say that with the term of endearment. I live in a Podunk state. We're a Podunk state in Iowa. Okay? Dude's doing it in Florida. Third most populous state in the union. The largest, most expensive, most politically polarized swing state in this hemisphere. Why you would say, hey, let's, 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 def- let's defend one Mexican judge tweets. Let's do that instead of running this guy, I don't understand. I, I I, mean, I can't come up with a good reason why. Unless you're on his payroll. then I mean that that makes total sense. But, you're going to get all the same populist issues, but like, they're like not talking points, but like, policies. We like did these things. And we've already figured out how to defend our beliefs, how to defeat the other side with them. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a there's a, a, a state you could govern that better prepares you for the presidency than Florida does. So, I, I don't understand that one. And until some of y- one of y'all gives me a good answer, I'm going to probably keep beating that drumbeat. And it won't be popular and it won't help my show grow. I don't care. What I care about it, is that true? I think it is. Maybe it's not, though. You're welcome to try to prove me wrong. Which brings me to a realization I had after what I've undergone the last few years. And it it, it drove me quite a bit because you're watching, what you're watching, and Aaron's montage pointed this out, the COVID narrative, well, the Fauci narrative is unraveling before your eyes. Two things have set this into motion. Number one, what I said. When the CDC came out with that ridiculous school closing chart about three weeks ago, that just not a defensible position. It's such a it's such an awful overreach. It's so stupid. You were really going to sell folks? Almost half of the school children in America are in person right now. It's like forty three, forty four percent.
0: Our kids are in high school basketball tournaments right now. Wrestling tournaments. Yes. Fans are there and you're going to you're going to so you're going to tell
1: half the country that unless they lived in International Falls, Minnesota, their kids should not be going to school in person or doing in person extracurricular activities when for months in many places in America, you've already been watching them do this was never going to fly. It was so it's so it's such an obvious uh, slurp of the teacher unions that it's just a politically indefensible position. That's what set a lot of this into motion. But then there's, a, there's another realm of unraveling that has occurred. And this is what has had people like Ben Shapiro, who have tried to be reasonable, and I'm going to return to that word reasonable in a moment, who have tried to be reasonable during this over the past year. And hey, I love Ben. Endorsed this book. Has endorsed my last few books. Admire his success because he didn't kiss anybody's ass or sell out to anybody to get it. May his house increase. And I'm wired a lot like him, too, to try to find the there, there must be a reasonable, something some reasonable, reasonability that's attainable in between the tribalism. I've been tempted to do that as well. You've sat here and listened to me try to sure. do it over the years. I'm going to return to that word in a second. But what, what finally lost that crowd was Fauci saying, go get the experimental vaccines, but still be a leper. Then why would I? Wow. Sold to the man in the cold sweat. I mean, why wouldn't I do that? Hot damn. Could get a better offer in Pyongyang. Take the experimental vaccine. Still be a leper. That'll preach. Can see that being the 2024 Democrat reelect campaign slogan. Or not. That's just not, that's not congruent. Those things aren't arguable. Pick one. The vaccine sucks, so continue mitigations, or the vaccines are the deliverance, so back to normal. One of those things could be true. They could both be wrong, but they cannot both possibly be right. And that has added now, that is, that had, the, the CDC school chart laid the foundation for the unraveling. That, that's when we fired up Weezer's sweater song, and this thing just started coming apart thread by thread. We cranked into the guitar solo, though, man, and turned that freedom rock up when Fauci said, take the experimental vaccine, but still be a leper. And when they're done tossing Cuomo aside, watch, Fauci will be Blue State America's excuse. Well, we told everybody to hide out until there was a vaccine. Now we have the vaccines and he still wants us to, they're they they going to have to make some, they have to throw somebody into the fire to molek. Because they're not going to admit these mitigation efforts were a fraud. They're never going to admit that, right?
0: No, probably never. So
1: then, when they when when they realize when they want to reopen and need to do it too, they they need an excuse. Someone has to be the fall guy here, right? Anthony Fauci. He will he will occupy the underside of the bus soon in the next few months, alongside his old friend, family friend, Chris Cuomo. I'm sorry, Freudian slip. Andrew Cuomo. Okay, but. Let this be a lesson to us. I had to learn this lesson the last few years. I I am, because of the way I'm wired and intellect, God-given intellect I was given, I desire the reasonable. And because I have a history of interacting with a lot of people on the other side, I have met people on the other side in the past I really liked and respected, just vehemently disagreed with. Unfortunately, I think for some of us in our movement, and I in the past have been among them, and the final straw for me, I was was contemplating going down this road with Kavanaugh. It was such an obvious, obvious smear of a judge I don't like didn't like then don't like now likely will not like his entire reign of the Supreme Court very often but this was such an obvious smear I could not ignore it or let it stand and so we went to the mattresses for Brett Kavanaugh on this show knowing full well that he would be Karl Rove in a black robe but there was another higher principle at stake but then there came the Mueller report And I just thought to myself, man, this guy has a decorated, a decorated track record. I mean, this guy's done a hell of a lot more to serve the country the last sixty years than Donald Trump has. I mean, just look at their resumes, right? War hero, everything else. I mean, Trump's out there saying avoiding STDs was his personal Vietnam, not going to Vietnam. While you know this guy's earning what was it, bronze stars. It could not be like this. It just the whole thing couldn't be a sham. It, It was a sham. The whole thing was. The whole thing was a sham. The whole thing was a sham. And that was when I finally had to give up my own idol of reasonable. That somehow we can hold these forces, these tribalistic forces coming together in this intellectual valley of Megiddo. We can separate them from the zero-sum game and find some place where there is reasonable you cannot have reasonable in an age that rejects reason and we're not really up and that's another idol I had to give up another fallacy I had to reject we're not really up I, boy, I wish we were really up against warring political tribalism gosh I wish the stakes were just that simple no you're up against something far worse than that you're up against a spirit of the age From the other place down below. And that's why you can't be reasonable in an age that rejects reason. The spirit of the age rejects reason. The spirit of the age only accepts one reason. Kneel before Zod. That's it. That's it. And just as I had to learn this lesson with the Mueller probe, I think maybe more people need to learn this lesson. As you watch the COVID narrative that we began to unravel on this show almost a year ago, as you watch it come completely apart and disintegrate before your eyes, maybe yeah, you know, it's your turn. Some of my peers in my industry, some of you in this audience, assume you're being lied to at all times logically think through every headline all the news does it add up does the conclusion add up is it congruent with the premise because literally nothing you're watching right now is real nothing and I had to learn that the hard way but I did eventually learn it and it has changed the way we have done this show And it's why we were on the cutting edge of this a year ago. It took me several years to finally learn this lesson, but I've learned it now. And I think now after COVID, some other well-meaning people need to learn it too. More in a moment. You know, we do so many cool things for our puppies. Uh, we have a little Bichon at home cap. He's got his next appointment with the groomers. Uh, we let the hair grow out a little bit with the cold winter temps, but now that it's warm again, and he, the good news is he's hypoallergenic, so he doesn't shed at all, which we all need with our allergies and asthmas. The bad news is he needs like a big-time professional groom like every month because he just retains all that hair. So he's he'll be excited to go in and lose about 10 pounds of hair on Friday, uh, but our puppies love the walks, particularly with the warmer weather coming in and the cuddles and all that stuff, but you know what they really need is nutrition because chances are that food at the store that you bought your pet that they love... Doesn't have much of it. Probably dead as a doornail when it left the factory. For the same reason that a lot of our foods are as well. That's why we buy so many supplements today. It's uh, one of the most lucrative businesses in your store is the supplement section because they want our food to last for a long time on the shelf with uh, with a long shelf life, mass distribution and consumption. Same thing happens with our pets' food too. Thankfully now though they have a supplement as well. It's called Rough Greens. It's powder that you put into your dog's food, mix it in, and the food they love they'll love it even more because apparently it tastes. Great, at least according to Cap, but it has all the great nutritional value that they're missing the antioxidants, pre probiotics, vitamins, minerals, nutrients you name it. Rough Greens has it. Why don't you see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less with their 15 or 14 day challenge. It's called the jumpstart bag. You can get it today for fourteen ninety-five. Fourteen ninety five to see if you don't see a healthier, happier puppy. When you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Isn't your dog worth 15 bucks? Was that an okay pitch, do you think? Sure. Was that, yeah. was that good? Mm-hmm. No. Did I lay that one on a little thick?
0: I, I, did they make a special request for okay. like turn I, it up to 11 or something like
1: that? I don't know. Let me try Let me try it again. Maybe you don't care about your dog. If that's you, then, you know, just keep your $15, I guess. But for those of you that care about your dog, how was that? Is that better? I
0: like it. A little it more better. passive aggressive. That's just like me,
1: that? Though. I like it. Okay. Yeah. slash right. uh, blaze. Uh, breaking news from uh, the U.S. Senate has a hearing going on this morning. On the uh, Capitol Hill uh, insurrection from January the 6th, right? Uh, Senator from uh, your former home state of Wisconsin, Ron Johnson, asking the FBI witness testifying, how many weapons have been confiscated from those arrested for their role in said insurrection? Can you guess what the answer from the FBI witness was? All of them. Yes. All none of them all none of the weapons that were not there have all not been confiscated because there weren't any weapons. Think about this now. The come and take it crowd. Right? The come and take it crowd. I named my kid Second Amendment, man. What are you talking about? Okay? I mean, dude, married couples, that they whisper the words of the Second Amendment to each other in the ears after the kids go to bed. Showed up for an insurrection at the Capitol without any weapons. A whole bunch of people who, by the way, are still being held in jail without bail and not a weapon among them. So we went from the worst Nazi president ever with uh, the butt daddy daughter who converted to Judaism (laughs) <laughs> he's a nazi with the daughter that converted to judaism to marry his uh the jewish son-in-law who was arguably the second most powerful man in america for the last four years so we went from the worst nazi president ever to apparently we've now gone to the worst insurrection ever y'all showed up to overthrow the government and kill mike pence without any weapons Were we gonna just stare at him to death come on man
0: well i am uh, full disclaimer on behalf of all three of us, uh, e- even if the police officer died of a stroke, sad, of course. Uh, but this whole insurrection thing is basically the Monty Python Holy Grail sketch now where we can't risk another frontal assault. That rabbit is dynamite. I mean, really, it, it is full on Monty Python at this point. That's, it goes to what I just said.
1: Everything, everything's a lie. Nothing is real. None of this is true. And so you, you, you have to, and, and when I say none of it is, I'm not even just talking about what's coming from the other side. Because a lot of what's coming from our side is just attempts to counter their narrative. So who knows how much, who the hell knows how much of that is true? You're countering a narrative that isn't true, right? That's why you got to do your own homework. You really got it for objective facts and data. You got to go to news sources that are, uh, probably predate 2015, 2016. When we, when we were just biased but we agreed reality existed we were just really biased about which view of reality we preferred but we agreed there was still some objective reality fair? yeah anything after that just assume it's all a cheeto Jesus saves orange man bad narrative all of it and, and so you've got to then you've got to do the philosophical mental math alright this is, this is not a time for reason it's a time for discernment let me repeat that Wish I would have said that in the other segment. This is not a time for reason; it is a time for discernment. Reason's out the window. You can't be reasonable in a time where reason's been rejected. You need to be discerning. Can I spot the fallacy? Does this add up? Even within it, does does the does the story within its own self-contained narrative add up philosophically, factually, common sense-wise? You're going to have to look at a lot of your information sources that you accumulate and accept as an American. You're going to have to look at them now through a discerning lens and be able to philosophically deconstruct the narrative that you're being sold. Let's get to it. It's time for one of our favorite games each week. Buy, sell, or hold. No topic is off limits unless it's dumb. Aaron with some help from his friends which would be all of you in the audience will throw you and I's way Todd a series of predictions statements who knows prophecies you and I will decide if we buy it or sell it and we're back because we're real men again in America again we're back to you're only allowed one hold per episode and if it's for any other reason other than wow you are so dumb for real during the next commercial break you will be beaten. Aaron, go ahead.
2: Alrighty, this week's spy cell hold comes exclusively from our audience on Parlor, where you can follow me at McIntyre and follow Steve at Steve Dace, right? Yes. And Todd at Urzen uh, West. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Uh, first, Corey Tacker says your Fauci book is basically the third Lord Nefarious book.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but I see where you're getting at, so I'll I'll buy. Um. It's it's more of an application of Lord Nefarious, but if you that could be a third Lord Nefarious book, right? A but what what does it look like? What what's a what's a Lord Nefarious scheme look like when it's played out in real time? And I think that this book that we have just completed, I think,
2: articulates and
0: lays that out. I will buy. That's hey, I'm about the coattails, and that's solid branding. So go, I'm running with it.
2: Next, Konstantinos Rodinus. Hi, Konstantinos. Uh, Trump should move to Alabama and run for U.S. Senate retiring uh, for retiring Senator Richard Shelby's seat, easily winning and then booting McConnell as the party leader.
1: And then the next part that would allow him to run in 2024 for president? Yep. I'll tell you this right now. If he did that, what's a Ron DeSantis? I'm all in. I I mean, I, I just I'm all in right now. I don't care how much baggage he comes with. Getting rid of McConnell. See, there needs to be made. McConnell is a tumor. McConnell is a tumor. It's not a tumor. McConnell is a tumor. And he needs to be removed. Because tumors metastasize. And he has his grimy little hands and so much of what you think is conservative media but it's fake as hell, okay? Root and branch, fake. Root and branch, fake. And here's the thing. You don't need to get rid of every rhino. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, <laughs> all right? But that's a long, arduous task. Why did, we, why did we drop a couple of atom bombs on Imperial Japan? Hey, listen, man, if we got to do this island by island, cool. You know, I guess we can, we'll rack up the body count. We prefer not to have to do that. I mean, that's a long war. But I guess if that's what it takes to get you all to surrender, what we have to do. But let's see if there's another way. Let's drop a WMD and see if that gets your attention. See, that works too. You don't have to get rid of every rhino. Here's the thing about the rhino or the Republicrat. Both are spineless invertebrates. McConnell, they think is um Don Corleone he's the ringleader cut off the head of the snake the body dies it's like Fonzie almost every episode he would threaten someone with a trip to the men's room but she almost never saw him have to take one why because he honored that threat once made an example out of somebody and then it was just Johnny Dangerously the rest of the time. You know, my mother said that about me once. Once. Didn't have to do it again. Need to make some examples. Make some examples and the rest of the spineless invertebrates, they'll listen to you now. So if Trump were to do this, dude, I, I'll get a, I'll get a Trump tramp stamp if he does this. All right? Yeah, yeah, I will. On second thought. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'm all in. I, I, I will be as all in, okay, um, as you could possibly be if he could do this. This Getting rid of McConnell, frankly, is would be more important to us than him winning the presidency, even if he did everything you wanted him to do. Yeah, we need his
2: voice in the Senate, Steve.
0: <laughs> Todd, what do you think? I'm going to sell only because you missed out on the most entertaining reason for him to do this. Is to just daily be involved in the life of Mitt Romney. Oh, that would be
2: fun. (laughs) Yeah. Moving on. JD says we should start using the term toxic effemininity.
1: I know what you're getting at, but I'm a hard sell on this. Okay. Oh, effemininity. Effemininity. Oh, yeah. I was wondering Uh, where you were going. By. Yeah. Okay. I I just I I saw femininity. My bad. Okay. Effemininity, dude. Um, you guys are fired. Why didn't you guys think of that and tell me to do it?
2: Uh, JD is, is a- my burner account on Parlor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that is a, that's that's makes me wonder why I'm doing this job. Um, that's something we should have done a long time ago, right? We're good. And and from this time forward, who is that? J- JD. All right. From this time forward, JD, whoever you are. Somewhere in America, J.D. on Parlor, as we coin that phrase and drive it into the ground from this time forward, know that it was you. No one else will, but you know, you know it was you that inspired us as our muse. So we give you the credit and then we'll take it from here.
2: Thank you. Bye. Up next, Todd, you're, I'm by. you're by an These S. Are easy so far. Griff says, with Cuomo having multiple accusers of sexual harassment, he's officially done politically, but he'll ultimately escape any real consequences for his greater crime, his nursing home murder spree. Bye.
1: Bye. Yeah, I, that, I agree. I think that's how it will turn out. You know what I think's happening here is since we went to parlor and nobody has to th- do like any kind of 16 dimensional chess on how can I word things and what can I say? but everybody can just be like this is like like what twitter was pre-trump just say whatever the hell you want no matter how right yeah i think i think parler now because these people don't have to navigate or negotiate with themselves on how to put things or what to say they can just be blunt and get right to the point this is just simply be simpler there you yeah go. yeah
2: overtune window says at least five more Republican run states will follow Texas in lifting mask mandates by the end of the week. Now that they have cover, let's count Mississippi as one. Can you see four more by the end of this week? Um, I was never coming out of lockdown. I'm convinced. No, of
1: I mean, Mike dude, Mike DeWine has a, has a COVID-19 tramp stamp. Okay. I mean, I mean, dude, um,
0: I'll sell only because five is a lot by in the a end week. of the week is a lot. Yeah.
1: I'm going to so. sell because it's a lot in a week, but do I think there will be more?
0: Yeah. I love, can we never really hit up that? What are you familiar with Mississippi's governor? Very much. Uh,
1: no, I just knew needs, the name.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're going to get out of the business of telling people what they can and can't that do. Presupposes. Yes. That it,
1: you once were in that business. Was really keen yes. on that
0: for the last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Brad Bubolds says Donald Trump will endorse more incumbents and establishment types than challengers uh, and liberty minded candidates in the 2022 elections. (laughs) (laughs) Fun's over. (laughs) When he takes off his glasses.
0: In 2012.
1: He's done two endorsements so far. They're both really, really,
0: both really bad.
1: Deep, deep red states, and they're both bad. Listen, Tim Scott would be a fine senator with his record in Michigan. Okay, I think he had like a seventy-five percent liberty score when we still had that at Conservative Review. But does Tim Scott represent Michigan or Wisconsin? No, no and no. No. What, what is he? What does he represent? South Carolina. Which means his score should be what? 95% 100%. yeah yeah. I'll give dude I'm, yeah. I'm not merciless I'm merciful am I not merciful like my friend Commodus once asked am I not merciful I'll, I'll give you a mistake or two but you gotta be at 95 in South Carolina I don't think that's too much to ask right right and dude Trump's out there and it's like he's it's like he's endorsing these candidates before his base can get off the ground to challenge them in primaries and you know why it's like that because he is So, as much as I hate it, bye. Yeah. Now, can I clarify my answer, though? Yeah. There will be a body count. He will take some of these people out. But you have to understand who your quarterback is. This is not going to be driven by ideology. This is going to be driven by loyalty and ego and association, because that's what he's driven by. And so there's going to be moments where our interests are going to align with his, correct? Yes. Yes. And he will. He will take some of these people that we want out. He will take some of them out. Absolutely, he will. But will there be uh, too much of what this guy's also talking about? I don't know. Did you watch Four Years of the Trump Presidency? Who hired Christopher Ray? Trump. I mean, you know. So, yeah, there's going to be too much of that won't be all that there is, but they'll just be too much. Yep. Agreed.
2: Moving on, Steve Johnson says, The message of the mask is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those being protected, it is the very power of Fauci. First Covidians 118 Fauci International Bible.
0: Got it. Man, I don't know why we're even
1: uh, here. They're yes. running the show today. These things are just yes. writing that you guys, you guys got this, man. This thing is on autopilot. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a that's an easy buy. We're off to a good start. You can tell the parlor audience has been sitting around <laughs> saving up some wisdom here. We'll continue with buy. so they're holding a moment. And greetings, back with hour two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre. Totterson and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Email the program Steve dot That's d e a c e. Like us on Facebook, Miwi Gab and Parlor. Look for Steve Dace at all of those places. There. Follow us on Twitter. At Steve Dace Show, and if you're looking for clips of the show that you can watch for free, share with others, go to youtube.com/slash stevedace or rumble.com/slash dace show. And for podcast listeners, thank you very much. We appreciate you. We would ask though that you show your appreciation for us by leaving us a five star review if you like the program on any podcast platform that you enjoy us through. Hit that subscribe button as well if you haven't done that yet thanks to all of you that have done both of those two things they definitely help the show to grow and they get the attention of the uh, the brass here at the blaze it impresses them and what impresses them allows us to continue to continue to impress you coming up at the bottom of the hour our good friend the prophet of woe and lamentation Daniel Horowitz will be joining us part two of buy Seller Hold brought to you though by our friends over at Omega XL you know whether it's a back. Problem. It's knees, neck, shoulder pain. For me, it's the left hip flexor. What, whatever is is the 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 source of pain, discomfort, soreness, stiffness. Now, if you've got a serious injury, obviously go get it treated. But if this is just a reoccurring nagging issue. Chances are the underlying cause is likely inflammation, and you have to defeat that inflammation or it can cause permanent damage. Thankfully, you've got a product like Omega XL to help you do exactly that. Back by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL attacks the inflammation that's likely causing that pain. You know, those pain relievers, topical rubs, they do work. They smell too, but they do work to get rid of the pain, but they don't deal with what's causing it. That's why you need a product like Omega XL. I use it every day, and to get you started uh, using it with me, how about buy one, get one free today at OmegaXL.com Steve. Again, that's buy one, get buy one bottle, get a second one for free at OmegaXL.com Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888, 800-844-4888, Aaron.
2: We'll move on with I'm Not a Cat, who says leftists finding a quote-unquote Nazi symbol in the CPAC stage is the same mentality as 1980 televangelists finding satanic messages in rock albums played backwards. I'm going to sell
1: because there actually, I mean, there wasn't many, but there were actually a couple that were, like, legit, Okay. But I get where you're coming from. I think another analogy, probably not one of his best moments in an otherwise illustrious career. Remember when James Dobson lost his mind about the pink Teletubby? Do you remember that? Yes. That it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a symbol of uh, the uh, homosexual movement. Yes. Propaganda. That, that, that might be more analogous. But you know what? Uh, again, I'm feeling very communist today. Am I not merciful? Because I get the spirit of what you're saying. All right. I'll buy it.
0: I'm selling because this is like so 15 years ago. I mean, I know what they're talking about with the stage, but they just did the whole, we just got done talking about Ron Johnson and the White House. This whole, Donald Trump was Hitler. I mean, it was the whole thing. It wasn't just like subtle. It was like everything is Hitler. So you're kind of, you got to catch up, man.
2: That is true. Uh, next, Johnny Decott says, Hasbro's Mr. Potato Head name change fiasco. Unwittingly revealed gender truth, that you can call someone whatever you want and dress them however you want, but it doesn't change what they are. It's just packaging.
1: Right on the money. Like it. Nailed it. My I man. That's yeah. Absolutely. Uh, bye. I, I won't even add to it. I couldn't. I couldn't add to it. It's perfectly said.
2: Bye. Next up, Matthew Luke forty-five says Matthew Stafford will lead the L.A. Rams to the Super Bowl uh, fifty-six. Uh, or LVI. You say. Sell.
1: Um. I, I listen. I, I saw every game he played in his whole career, and he could never win the next level game. You know, we went down and played a playoff game against Dallas, best team the Lions have had since Barry Sanders played here. And Dominican and Sue unblockable. Calvin Johnson unstoppable. Reggie Bush, a thousand yard rusher. And I mean, he put up seven points in an entire half of that playoff game and we blew a lead and lost. He's a fine quarterback. I think he's an outstanding quarterback. He's actually at his best behind in the fourth quarter. I think he actually has more fourth quarter comebacks than any active QB, but there were plenty of times that he was surrounded by talent here and he couldn't get us over the hump. He could never take, he could never get that next level win. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll do it for the Rams. I don't. And, and now there's untold pressure on Matthew Stafford. The whole dynamic changes. The rest of the league has been very sympathetic to Matthew they have viewed him as a victim of circumstances for a more organization and overlooked things like he barely has a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio in a 12-year career. So I think Matthew's a great player, but I don't think he's worth anything close to what the Rams paid for him. I think the Lions pulled off the best trade in the NFL, potentially, since the Herschel Walker deal. I mean, Jared Goff's been to more Pro Bowls, has a higher completion percentage, has won a division, been to a Super Bowl, and he's been in the league six years less than Matthew Stafford has been. Actually, it's more than that. Yeah. Because he's only 26. Yeah. So like...
0: I think he's eight only been eight in the league years, four years, eight year, right? Yeah,
1: eight years less than Matthew Stafford has been. I could argue the, not a more talented, but, you know, talent's not everything. You're a baseball guy. How many guys? think? Remember Joel Zamiya from My Tigers. Remember him? vaguely I do. He came up with Justin Verlander. They came in together that Oh six tiger team. We had been a doormat for a decade. Right. And then that team came out of nowhere. Kenny Rogers had a, you know, right. a, a, you know, a rebrand reboot of his career. And that team should have won the world series that year. Um, just blew it against the Cardinals with the, the crazy worst defensive yes. infielders. errors. Yeah, yeah. That, the Cardinals were the worst team from a record standpoint to ever win the World Series. Were they like eighty-three wins or something like that? Well, Joel Zamaya was the setup guy for uh, yeah, no, for the closer coming in, yeah. throwing 110, 15, crazy amounts of speed. But then eventually, he, he you know, blew out his arm trying to develop an off-speed pitch. He didn't have one. And when everybody figured that out, Joel Zamaya was out of the league. He was a phenom and then gone. And I, I just think Matthew Stafford is incredibly talented. But I, I didn't see a lot of evidence in Detroit that he's a great leader of men. I didn't see a lot of evidence that he's a next-level quarterback. Um, I don't. I don't see a bell cow running back for the Rams. I don't know who the elite receiver is for the Rams. Uh, They have a tremendous defense, but no, I I don't see it. I don't. And now he's got all the pressure on him in the town of LeBron and Kobe. um, You go there and, and, and they don't win the Super Bowl. They're not blaming the coach, right? They're not blaming the defense. Who's getting the blame for that? Stafford is. He's never played with this level of scrutiny or pressure before ever and i think that changes the dynamic too
0: yeah i'll sell plus cardinals should be better 49ers should be better i'm not sure about seattle and what's going on there right now i don't think they're going to tank um he's going to be he's going to be tested right in his own backyard it, it just from a getting to that point would be where you are a playoff contender will be challenging in and of itself.
1: Is Matthew Stafford, if I was just ranking him one through 32, is he a better quarterback than Jared Goff? Yes. Yeah. He has a higher ceiling. I'd say he has a higher, a lower floor, but he certainly has a much higher ceiling, right? We're talking about a guy that may have borderline Hall of Fame numbers when it's all said and done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Dan Fouts had borderline Hall of, had had Hall of Fame numbers. He's in the Hall of Fame right now, right? Yes. Dan Marino had Hall of Fame numbers. He's in the Hall of Fame right now, right? How many Super Bowls do you guys win? Zero. Zero. How many Super Bowls does uh, uh, Little Bro Manning have? 200% two. more than those two yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, is is the difference between Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff another Pro Bowl quarterback and two first-round draft picks? Is the difference between the two of them? We'd both rank them higher, right? Yeah. Is the distance, though, that we have between the two of them one through 32 worth another a Pro Bowl quarterback and 32 or, or two first-round draft picks? I would say no. I'd say hell no. Hell no, it's not that big of a difference. No.
2: All righty. Uh, up next, uh, Tzar's Scream says, by the end of the year, no conservative religious and political books will be available to buy on Amazon.
1: Uh, I'll sell.
0: Yeah, sell. because
2: I that... think
1: that's going too far, but I, I don't... I think the pace of this is going to accelerate. But, but here's the thing. If they go to that level... Here's what happens in the here. This is why the COVID if remember we said that if Trump lost, you would see. Led by Florida, Florida would launch a full scale assault on COVID stand. But then the rest of these red states, when they could no longer when governors like douchey in Arizona could no longer have Mike Pence appear with them on the tarmac to justify lockdowns. And that our people are now going to free feel free to completely revolt against this with the Democrat in the White House, and they would not be able to hold this back, and you would see these red states say, okay, we're going back largely to normal. Remember we had these conversations? Yeah. And then if Trump won the election, okay, then you would see these blue states go into deeper lockdown because Trump's going to kill us all, right? That, that, you play off the narrative of the, of, of the other party, as we've pointed out. Neither, neither party can affirmatively lead the country. This is why we keep swinging, seeing these mass swings back and forth over who wins the elections. The Republicans won't actually govern on what they run on. The Democrats cannot govern on what they run on. What the Democrats govern on, people hate. And what the Republicans run on, they hate. (laughs) All right? So neither party can govern. And so they both win by reacting to the other not by offering an affirmative vision and we delivered so vote for us and that's why the COVID narrative is unraveling right now there's no orange man bad in the White House to, to, to triangulate off of so they have to defend all of their data and all of their incongruent logic and all of their complete BS narratives but on their own merit they can't but Trump hey Trump's a Nazi Trump tweet Well, they banned him from Twitter. So they got to win the argument affirmatively. They can't. The argument is disintegrating. And if Amazon goes to that extent, however many seats you think Republicans will win next year, because I think it'll be a lot, add 15 or 20, because they'll just win on on, uh, Amazon uh, censorship and antitrust. Of course, then what do you think they would probably do about it if they got majorities? I don't know, have you paid attention in the last 20 years at all? A little um, bit. Uh, nothing would be the answer. But, but are they good at winning on stuff like this? Oh, yeah. And then when they get power, are they good at doing stuff about any of this stuff? No. 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 And if Amazon went that far, they would face an antitrust. Um, they would face antitrust from not just a Republican Congress, but numerous Republican governors in five minutes. They, they can't go that far that fast. Now... If you get Donald Trump elected in the White House again, then I think the odds of this goes way up. Because, again, they triangulate off the other side.
0: I'm selling because of what Steve said right there at the end. They can't go that far that fast. But they want to go that far, and they will. Oh, yes, don't mistake that.
1: If they could get away with it, they would have already done this. Yes. I think we don't understand how much it kills. Like the story you and I just tweeted during the break. How many of the top 10 overall books today at Amazon.com are Dr. Seuss? When, when HBO Max tried to cancel Gone with the Wind, or when, H, when, mm-hmm. when, when, yeah, when they were launching that, and it went number one on iTunes, right? mm-hmm. I don't think, you, you guys don't understand how much it just crushes these people that this happens. They hate it how much they can't how much twitter's algorithm engineers and facebook's algorithm engineers just lose their minds that they have to provide a platform for us to disintegrate deconstruct destroy their narratives it it it's a kick to the manhoods that they don't have over and over and over again if they could we'd all be gulagged yesterday if they could and make no mistake the first chance that they think that they can
2: they will Next up, Todd Waldy says, if Todd was offered the wine and vinegar combination that Jesus was offered on the cross, he would complain it was too weak. <laughs> Gosh, that's, terrible. <laughs> that's
1: terrible. You get me? <laughs> Come on, man. That's terrible.
0: Gosh, that's awful. I'd say my branding is going pretty well, too, don't you think? That's awful. That's just awful.
2: Moving on. Yes. Uh, moving let's on. see. Sean yes. Feely says Andrew Cuomo will resign before every GOP governor rescinds COVID fascism mandates. Bye.
1: Because hmm. you still got before you every, still got well the appropriately named Mike DeWine, folks. California is reopening. Gavin Newsom facing a recall. Californication is going to be more open than Ohio here soon. Okay. Mike DeWine, dude, is a branch. COVIDian cultist. He is the only governor I have seen tweet sonnets to the virus. Okay. Mike DeWine. that's <laughs> true. Is given over. He, he gone. As Hawk Harrelson used to say on those white socks. He gone. He gone. He's out. He's gone out. Okay. Mike, Mike DeWine is at the governor's mansion in Ohio, like Victor Zaz, the serial killer in the Batman comics, who puts a mark on his body for every one of his murder victims. He's doing that with asymptomatic case counts. Disrobe Mike DeWine, and you will see marks all over his body that he has made in homage to asymptomatic case counts in the state of Ohio.
0: Mike DeWine's gone, guys. He's gone. I'm trying to see right now because he he's speaking right now or you're supposed to speak if he in fact Cuomo yes yeah, yeah. Mm. okay I'll give it to you narrowly it's Cuomo though I mean this guy just does not go away
1: that's why I think it's entirely possible by the end of this month Cuomo might be like hey, everything's open in New York just wear a mask go anywhere you want thanks told you we beat COVID could you see him not do some shameless oh, yeah. gaslighting yeah. like that?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, overall, meanwhile, Mike that?
1: DeWine will be tweeting out that but is that's a reckless, point. reckless. <laughs> decision. Now, you're argu-
0: now you're arguing against yourself, yeah. though. He's not.
1: No, I agree that that Cuomo will out will. But oh, he won't be, resign. That he won't resign. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think Cuomo is gone. I think his days are numbered.
0: I want that to, because I want that to be true. I'll give it to you.
1: I, I think we're actually all better off if he stays there to the end. I don't want it to be true. I mean, he is an instant get out of. It's it's like you don't have to argue with the, with the trans madness with anything other than what's a woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That 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 is just an uh, it's an it's an undefeated response because it just is so devastating and how it undermines every narrative. The best thing our side could have is Andrew Cuomo in office for as long as possible. He can we can just. Dude, if I'm if I'm Ron DeSantis' communications team, every answer is and just Andrew a, Cuomo.
0: But what about the amount of people, both in the press and pop culture, that you can hang his guilt around their neck, neck in perpetuity because he had to go down because he was so bad? You're,
1: you're, you're right. We can do that. We can do that within our circles. But what will happen when he's gone? Is he might as well when, when Andrew Cuomo's gone, he might, his name might as well be Vegas shooter. Andrew Cuomo. Rectum him barely? No, I've never heard of an Andrew Cuomo. Mm, Memory hold in three seconds. Dude, the late night comedians were out there last week. What is he doing? Mm-hmm. What a terrible human being. What was it? What Was, oh, yeah. was Trevor Noah fellating Andrew Cuomo? Yep. Called himself a, literally, called himself a Cuomo sexual last year. He was literally fellating him. Literally. That, Steve, please stop with the slang. No. He was literally fellating him. Literally. Literally. He called himself a Cuomo sexual. That's what he called himself. Now he's out there like, boy, this is just the worst person ever. That's how they roll over there, man. No self-awareness is needed. All
2: gaslighting all the time. And it is glorious. Yes.
0: Either way, we'll try to get a win.
2: Uh, next one, uh, Clan McLean or Clan McLeod says Christian Bale was the best Bruce Wayne. Michael Keaton was the best Batman. Oh, come on. No way. Sell. No. No. Frankly, I, I
1: I I actually think Ben Affleck was the best Batman. I think Ben Affleck freaking killed it. I agree with you about Christian Bale as as... as the best was the best Bruce Wayne, but I, I, Ben Affleck's Batman, I think was the truest to the comic was, um, the scene in Batman versus Superman in the stockyard where he, where he comes, comes, comes up or comes up through the floor. Yeah. That dude, that's just right out of the freaking comic books, man. The level of viciousness, uh, that, that he, that he displays. I I, I thought Ben Affleck was the best Batman. I thought but I agree with you that Christian Bale was the best Bruce Wayne. Agree with that.
0: Yeah, and nothing against Michael Keaton. Yeah, like Mike but, Keaton that,
1: that, was, that was do you, that was like the very before we had viral media and social media long before. That was the first WTF casting that everybody around the country was like, What are you thinking? And then you saw the movie. Dude, he killed it. Yeah. Okay. I agree. He killed it. Well, so I'm not complaining. I just don't think he was a better Batman he, than Ben Affleck was. He
0: killed it when you had Tim Burton in a Beetlejuice mindset for the world of Batman. Yeah. And they, within that world, they did an A-plus effort. But th- it's not the best possible world for that character, and it's why, even though Jack uh, Nick uh, Nicholson did such a great job, I, I don't think you, I mean, Heath Ledger's better because it maximized the potential of that character and that world better.
2: Next up, Holster Lewis says, Steve's Mount Rushmore of give me five minutes alone with four, uh, Joel Osteen, three, Mike Pence, two, Mitch McConnell, and one, His Holiness Pope Fauci the Infallible.
0: That
1: is a
2: tremendous list.
0: That's a, that's a, doesn't even scratch the surface. There's.
1: My problem is how do I keep this down to, how do I cut this down to four? I guarantee there's,
0: you would not even waste your time with Osteen. Or Pence, and who's the th- the third one you said? McConnell. I may, maybe mcconnell and fauci's the only certainty on that list i can't oh,
1: No, that, that that list sticks to landing actually no 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 it, it doesn't you know you
0: give you five minutes and you'll find three people you'd rather pummel way well, more I'm than i'm already down
1: th- to um the whoever was running warner brothers when the justice league movie was made that i, I, there. I like five minutes with that okay um the purpose five who, minutes five minutes with uh with kathleen kennedy okay And, and given that she's female, it would be just very verbal. Um, but I'd like five minutes with Kathleen Kennedy for whatever the hell she did to Star Wars. Right. Okay. But that's a pretty good list though, that he came up with that. That's a good list. It's a good list. It's good enough. Like all, (laughs) like like my problem would be Fauci's number one on the list. He is the most malevolent force I've ever encountered in American culture. The amount of damage that he has done as a singular person. Like, like, look at the sexual revolution, for example. You can point to several people. Hefner, Flint, Kinsey, right? Imagine they were all, though, embodied in one figure. That's what Fauci has been to the American way of life in the last year. As a singular figure, I I don't know of anybody who's been a more destructive force to our way of life in American history, but at least, at the very least, not in my lifetime. So, all I can say about your list is he's unquestionably number one. All the other names you have on that list would be on the list. My problem would be narrowing it down to four after Fauci. And so,
0: since that's good enough, I give you a bye. See, I'd... Maybe this is just, I wish it was my list and I got to say the four people because I have some thoughts.
2: Uh, Tiny Johnny says, the, if the Justice League movie rocks... Pope Francis Warner... is on
1: the list, by the way. He's on the list. <laughs> yeah, wait, I'm oh, yeah. sorry, Aaron.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tiny Johnny says, if the Justice League movie rocks, then Warner Brothers says the next Superman movie is going to be a full reboot they will cause a rift within their fans that will not easily be mended.
1: Um... If they, if those two things happen I agree that 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 will cause a rift. And and I don't care what Warner Brothers so I'll buy I'll buy your proposition that if those two things happen that will be the result. I'll buy that. But I also don't believe Warner Brothers commits to this. They gave Zack Snyder something like 70 million dollars to finish this movie. You're not they they had to have contemplated the consequences. Of opening this door and if the movie is phenomenal especially because I'll guarantee you the movie ends on a cliffhanger because it was originally supposed to it was supposed to this was supposed to actually lead into another movie okay um, so I'll guarantee you the movie ends, ends on a cliffhanger you put people through a four-hour Lord of the if it's a, if it's of a Lord of the Rings caliber or close to it that level of scale of an epic and it ends on a cliffhanger like the end of Fellowship of the Ring all right, I thought you go through this whole ordeal with them, and at the end there is when Frodo and Sam start, are, are you know, on the outskirts of Mordor, and then the credits roll, and you're like, "What what? What?" I mean, I, I, I hung out for three hours waiting for this moment, and now you tell me I got to come back next year, right?? Okay. Mm-hmm. But you knew you were coming back next year, right? You put people through a four-hour ordeal that they love, and then at the end, it ends on a cliffhanger you're telling them, "Well, cool story, bro. Warner Brothers understands this. The reason why I believe, they're saying this is a standalone film, is because that, that that way, if it doesn't hit, doesn't land, and people don't like it, then they can say they satisfied the fans and there's no expectations. Okay. If this, there's a reason why they haven't done anything else since they've announced this. They haven't done any. They haven't announced formally any other films since they announced this one. If this works, then they'll figure out what else they want to do in and around their original DC universe. And then you still might get the black Superman story, but it might be the cool idea that you had yesterday, which I think is a great idea, um, like what they d- did with Joker, an alternative storyline with a famous character. You know, they did this, there's a very famous Superman comic called Red Sun. that was done several years ago. And the whole premise of the story, and they just turned it into a, an, uh, an animated film that is great. The animated film is great. And the whole premise is Superman's ship as a child lands in the Soviet Union in the nineteen in the nineteen fifties, uh, instead of Middle America, and so what happens if he grows up in the Soviet Union? Okay, phenomenal alternative history. You could do something like that yeah. with a black Superman who comes up fighting against racism and things of that nature. I think that might be fascinating as kind of a one off outlier, like what Joaquin Phoenix did with the Joker character. If this movie hits. I guarantee they're continuing this line of story in some way, shape, or form. If it doesn't, then they'll say, hey, we did a solid for the fans and we're just going to move on and do what we want to do.
0: If it hits also, they're actually in a position now that's easier to rescue what's left of the entire franchise than they were five years ago. I mean, COVID is kind of part of that just you can't even do anything and make a movie but also listen as much as harry i agree henry cavill wants to come back he is great i believe he he by the standards of a guy who's playing superman how many years does he have left you to stay that fit he can't do that forever Wonder Woman, uh, Gal Gadot, same issue. She's pregnant right now with mm-hmm. her third baby. How long can she stay you, the way you need to look to play Wonder Woman? Hopefully, it hits. They can then wrap it up with one kind of. Ma- I mean, there's they don't have more than five years with this cast. They just don't. You can't do it.
2: Uh, let's see. Up next, Dylan Hinkle says uh, the post-tribulational view of the. Ra-. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> somebody that really did. Uh, That's very funny. Could, I could have. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. One <laughs> last one here, if I can find it again. Uh, the greatest lie of the covid era is, quote, we're all in this together, and I'm sorry I can't find the name of the person who submitted that, going you know s- who you are.
1: I'm going to sell. Who, what's that, the greatest lie? That's a great lie. The greatest lie is the asymptomatic spread. The reason why is because that is the origin of the rationale for all of the phony baloney mitigation efforts, lockdowns, everything. Asymptomatic spread That we were all going to get sick, not get infected, not show any symptoms, and go home and kill legions of of the elderly. And so that's why the healthy, for the first time in world history, human history, the healthy had to be quarantined. Because we would go and unintentionally zombify the country, the landscape. That's the greatest lie of
0: COVID. I'm going to buy because it allowed lies like what you just said to ultimately... If you weren't really... If we were all in this together, the scientists would be listened to in Oxford and Stanford, and we wouldn't have relied on Lord Fauci. It was that malevolent from the beginning.
1: Speaking of um, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, he will drop some malevolence when we come back, but it'll be targeted at the right malevolent forces. Stay tuned. More to come. (laughs) So, the warmer weather on its way. Spring is almost here. Doesn't that get in the mood for ice cream? Now, if you're like me, you like the super chunky premium ice cream. And there's a certain brand that you can go buy in the store. And, and these guys make some great ice cream, man. But there are also um, well, communists. Like, literally. L- literally communists. What if you could get an even better product, but it's made by uh, folks that aren't. They're Americans. Thankfully, we have that product for you. It is called Brooker's Founding Flavors, bringing you the ice cream revolution. It's a fun fusion of homemade, super premium, chunky ice cream in early American history. Brooker's is a conservative company with founding principles. That's what they base everything they do in All of their ice creams have some kind of historic uh, pun or bent or lesson to teach. Some outstanding flavors, all of them made with rich gourmet ingredients. You just don't see from real ice cream. That's why it's called super premium ice cream. If you are a chocolate lover, like if you if you can do the if you like the triple chocolate cake, the death by chocolate cake. You know I love that stuff. I'm a chocoholic. The chocolate ice cream. It's the best chocolate ice cream I've ever had in my life, all right? And you don't have to get that communist ice cream anymore. You can get some freedom-loving ice cream instead with our friends over at Brooker's Order in Advance. Have it delivered right on time. Just go online and check them out and their various flavors today. When you go to Brooker's Ice Cream, B-R-O-O-K-E-R-S, brookersicecream.com Ice cream dot com, and click on the Ship Nationwide tab. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab when you go to com. Click on the Ship Nationwide tab. And, Todd, you had a chance to sample this yourself. Yeah. It lived up to the hype, right?
0: Enough that I'd like to try other flavors. Yes. There you go.
1: All right. So, again, BrookersIceCream.com. We are efforting uh, connecting here shortly with the weekly prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. When we get him here, I want to ask him about something that he talked about on, this would be the second time this show that a point was made that I'm like, how did we not notice this before, right? The gentleman who said earlier, shouldn't we be talking about toxic effemininity? And you and I were like, how
0: did we miss that? How did we not get that one? I think we're just so parked there permanently yes. that we just assume it's implied. Because you, my
1: position is there's no such thing as toxic masculinity that masculinity in and of itself is not toxic. It's impossible to be. If, if a male figure behaves toxically, that is not his masculinity talking. That's his depravity. So I don't, I don't think there's any such thing as toxic masculinity. Any, I I mean, I grew up with a, at times abusive dad. No, when he was abusive, he was not uh, guilty of toxic, toxic masculinity. He was guilty of uh, giving himself over to his total depravity. Masculinity, in, in and of itself, cannot be toxic. But everything about effemininity is. When you say, yeah, yeah, I think everything. I, I think everything about it. Effeminacy, in and of itself, is toxicity incarnate. Basically, the the other thing I wish we would have thought of, we'll ask Daniel about here in a second, is he just did. A podcast about CPAC on his show, and he has a fantastic podcast. You should listen to it, subscribe to it, the Conservative Review podcast. And Daniel asked, "Why do you think they don't have on their side an LPAC conference?" And and the answer that he gave, and the way that he explained that, I, I was just like, "How did I not think of that? That's so obvious." So we have him with us now, the Weekly Prophet of Woe and Lamentation. Good to see you, my friend. How are you?
3: Hey, great to be with you. Just having some technical difficulties here.
1: That's all right. Better late than never. So let me, I've teed it up for you. You were breaking down CPAC on your podcast recently, and you were you were answering why the other side doesn't have an LPAC, doesn't have a counter to that. I want you in full Prophet of Woe and Lamentation, full-throated. Explain to our audience why they don't have that on the other side.
3: Sure, because why have it one day a year when you could have it 365 days a year? They have every precinct of every county of every state, including in red counties and states. They have a team, Strike Force teams. Now, to be fair, they got the money to fund it, but they have teams in place to work on every single issue of every single priority and principle they have to advance the ball where they need it and i don't just mean in the legislatures and the county uh commissions because it's not where uh policy is made they have it in the courts they have it in the executive branch they have a movement they believe they come they see they conquer why distract and take all your men off the field to have a party uh for one uh, weekend a year when you could actually have them on the ground doing stuff And that's the thing. There is no great big cabal uh, to celebrate the legacy of the liberal movement. Let let me say this even further, Steve. Why don't you ever hear the term the the liberal movement, either progressive movement? Maybe they say that once in a while, progressive movement these days. Not that often because they don't need a movement when they get results. Um, It's not just about drifting and grifting. They actually fight for what they believe in. And that's the thing. And, you know, when, when I did that monologue, I talked about the fact that Republicans, as we speak, as they have these speculative, abstract grievances, principles, they actually have 19 states where they have veto-proof majorities in the legislature. Mm-hmm. And that's four to one. And, you know, it's just now I'm a part of this. I'm trying to push good legislation, try to push some good things. But they should be busy as anything. I mean, frantically, we don't have time for this stuff. I mean, we're going to have breakout uh, panels at CPAC on what they're doing, all these places right now. Boom, boom, boom. Big tech, election fraud, legal immigration, crime, COVID fascism, right? We're, we're, we're going to have this organized, right? We are. And I said, you know, the left – they're not um, They're not taking a breather. And then I said, you know what? Maybe that's not true. I don't know if the left-wing super majorities or simple majorities even, because they only need a simple majority, are that busy. Because they already got done everything they want to get done. That's the beautiful thing. I mean, they're always looking for new things. But you look at, forget about California and new, new York. You look at Colorado and Virginia. States where they only recently turned over the governments. Mm-hmm. And mind you, they don't have super majorities; they have simple majorities. Um, and they, Virginia, they got it for all. example,
1: post Reconstruction, I think went Democrat only once until Obama, and I think that was 1964. I think that was yeah. Uh, it, so it, it was it was a rel- It wasn't even considered a swing state really until the Bush years in the early 2000s. It wasn't even considered one of the viable swing states. But yes,
3: no, exactly. So that's the thing. They, they didn't tiptoe and say, look, you know, we don't want to lose people too quickly. They come, they see, and they conquer. I am looking at state after state where they have 80 to 15 majorities or something. And you got to scramble to, to get anything done.
1: The Republicans, you mean?
3: The, the Republicans. So this is why you have to have a CPAC. I mean, you got to put on a, a commercial... Um, because you're not doing anything real in, in real life. So the, the existence of CPAC
1: essentially is an intentional confirmation that there really isn't a political party that on its own, organically, unprompted, will, will actually represent the, the, the policies and priorities of conservatives. It has to be nudged or marketed, uh, pushed, etc. Won't just do it on its own.
3: It's a Super Bowl party without the Super Bowl, meaning you don't have a team on the field to play the Super Bowl, but you just hold a Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and and celebrate the the uh, the existence of the game without and, actually winning it or or even yeah. playing on or even getting on the field.
1: Right. So one of the things Trump announced at his CPAC speech is and he named some names of people he's going after in the primaries. Now, so far though, he has issued only two endorsements that I'm aware of and both of them are well one of them's a terrible rhino in a deep red state of Kansas Jerry Moran who who all but called Trump an insurrectionist after the events of January 6th which were admitted today confiscated zero weapons so the worst insurrection apparently of all time and and then uh, today he announced that he's going to endorse Tim Scott in South Carolina, who I believe has a Liberty score around 75%, I think it was a C, and hey, you know, if he's the senator of Michigan or something, Pennsylvania, eh, that's not bad. It's South Carolina, where the minimum score ought to be probably 95%. It's almost as if Trump is endorsing these guys this early so that his base cannot actively primary them. How do you reconcile... These endorse even people in his own base, like at Revolver, which is kind of the the Trump, uh, you know, movement version of a conservative review, for example, specifically kind of for Trump's agenda and for Trump's base. Even they're like, what the hell, dude?
3: I mean, Steve, if I had to pick more random endorsements, I don't know if I could have done that. There's no sign of a primary challenge. But then again, they don't deserve his support. Um, Tim Scott, I mean, you didn't do him justice there. It's not it's not the score because they don't vote on anything anymore, so it's hard to even score things. It's what he does off the field. I mean, he is sure, he the bought into every
1: BLM narrative of he
3: last yeah. He is the yeah. BLM uh senator from from South Carolina. Um I, I don't know, Steve. I mean, I've got nothing. You know, before he was uh, kicked out of office, uh, whatever Um, You could say he's the party leader as the sitting president. You'd want to create discord. So you endorsed incumbents, but then he kind of would endorse against incumbents sometimes, but only certain ones. But now, I mean, you know, if you had some really good endorsements against Rhinos and then you threw in a couple of Rhinos that he is endorsing for good measure, okay, maybe, you know, he still wants to keep some some glue there. I don't know. I mean, these are his first and only endorsements. I'm hearing noise about him endorsing another Rhino that supported in, in Ohio, um, Jane Tompkin, who supported uh, Representative Gonzalez, a Republican who voted for impeachment. Um, and she's running against Josh Mandel, who is definitely more conservative than, than she is. I don't know all the candidates in the race yet. I have had very high level people approach me that are willing to run against lockdown governors in primaries in deep red states that Trump carried by 30, Mm -hmm. 35 points. And they say, how do I get Trump support? So if Steve, if you or anyone in your audience know where to mail that letter or who to contact, let me know because um, a lot of people need his support. And like I've said, this man can turn over senators, and governorships in 12 to 15 deep states, it happens to be 2022 has a huge number of deep red state rhinos up for reelection. All right, I'm glad
1: you said that because I'm short on time. I only got yeah. two minutes, but because I, I got to ask you about this. A good friend of mine has been down at Mar-a-Lago with Trump and the team for the in the, in the last week. And, and gave me the heads up on the, what he was going to say and go after these candidates and primaries, things of that nature. But, he, but also said it kind of got the, the sense that a lot of this was kind of scatterbrained. A lot of different cooks in the kitchen, Lindsey Graham and Corey Lewandowski trying to talk to him at the same time. Okay, It's just a, you know, a mishmash, similar to what we saw of his administration personnel. And, and asked me, hey, what, would, what should be like the, if you were going to frame this? To me, he needs, if Trump needs a fulcrum. And and what he needs is is something is a is a is a plumb line. To me, the plumb line is we're gonna make red states red again and red districts red again. That if this is a deep red state, if the state is plus five or six or more GOP, if the district is plus five, six, or seven or more GOP, then everybody in those districts or states, Marco Rubio is the floor. Yeah. That's the floor. For how conservative they are, that's the floor. You don't go any lower than Marco Rubio. We start there and we work our way up. That that should be Rather than listening to all these different and, and the, not to mention his own mercurial nature, that should be the focus. Can you quickly respond to that before I have to get out of here?
3: That is the only way to avoid a new party. All these people that are saying, Daniel, we can't have a new party. You've got to engage in the primaries. So engage in the primaries. And now we actually have a way of doing it. Trump is the great equalizer. But look, Steve, it's kind of tough to change the way people do business late in their 70s.
1: Good to see you, my friend. Take care. As always, all right. Appreciate all right, you it. Parts. You bet. Uh, Daniel's appearance brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are thinking of getting into the real estate market during these unprecedented times, bing, then make sure you go in with an agent that you can trust. Now, where would you find said agent? Well, the name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you want to go. It's a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who were tired of real estate agents, who promised them the moon and then. Uh, gave them uh, something else, Uh, and they didn't want the same thing to happen to you. So they created a company that would vet and check on real estate agents all over the country to make sure, hey, who's truly got a proven track record of success? You don't get listed on the site unless that's you. So just about anywhere that you would want to move or uh, sell uh, in the country, they can find you one of these. At realestateagentsitrust.com. agents I trust dot com. Again, real I trust dot com. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel.
0: He's absolutely right about CPAC and that gated community portion of conservatism. They've never been about real people and their lives. It's why Mitch McConnell coming out, you know, with an AK or something like that. Uh, it, it is such a far- they're not them. They're an entirely different breed. They, they like the comfort aspect of things instead of the actual fight.
2: I agree with that assessment as as well. I mean, I've, I've never been to CPAC before, but from the outside looking in, I mean, it, it seems like more than the actual substantive policy things talked about at CPAC, more than the actual, like, here's what we're going to do. Here are action steps that I hear about at CPAC, from what I see on social media anyway. And this in and of itself is not a necessarily a bad thing. But just what I see from the conservative influencers, oh, look at me at the after party. Uh, look at me. Look at all of these social things that I'm doing at CPAC. That's not a bad thing in and of itself. But you wonder why people actually go there in the first place and what the purpose of that, that whole that whole uh, convention is.
1: Yeah, I, that's why I don't go. I mean, there's really no point to going unless I had a book to sell. And this year I did and I still didn't go. Um, but I went there a few times when I had other books to sell and realized there's there's really not that much else for me here now if I was like not working in this industry and just a fan and this was a chance to get to meet so many of the people whose stuff I watch and read, yeah there's a good reason to go then. but in terms of like some kind of great training or equipping for the battle ahead, I'm not that I'm aware of anyway. That'll do it for today's show. Overtime for Blaze TV subscribers right after this. For the rest of you, see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.